This is a podcast from 3RRR 102.7 FM in Melbourne, truly independent community radio. You're listening to the Breakfasters podcast for July 4 through to July 8. It's our best bits and this week it includes a chat that we had with Raylene Isbester who plays uh, Nigella, Nigella Lawson doing a show at the Butterfly Club. Uh, so that was really great and also it was my birthday and uh, we had a really lovely chat about previous crappy birthdays that I've had and uh, what I was going to do for my birthday. And Toby Tobes Halligan came in to talk politics in the wake of the election and then we talked about, of all things, mushroom picking. Yes, specifically an incident my dad had when he ate some bad mushrooms. (laughs) Which is very funny. That's right, it's time to talk politics here on Breakfasters on Triple R. Then who better to do that than Toby Halligan? How are you going, Toby? Oh, hi, guys. Hi, Toby. Hi. Did you enjoy Saturday night, did you? I, I did, perhaps a little too much. Yeah, no, it was, uh, that was a crazy night. It like, it began seeming like, you know, I was seeing people writing think pieces at the beginning of the night saying, we all know how this election's going to go, and I think everyone was wrong. I, although I have one Although the polls weren't. The, no, <laughs> the polls said, yeah. I, exactly, we just all chose to, well, a lot of pundits chose to ignore them, though I've got to say, I had one colleague you who called it. Sorry, I, I, you did call it two weeks ago. Yeah, I, I think I did say it'd be. I a thought it might power. be hung, but embarrassingly, one of my colleagues at the project put two hundred and fifty dollars on a hung parliament when it was five to one, <laughs> and we were all like, "Mate, what a waste of money!" But oh, chaching, Well, let's start maybe with just an update. Um, I know figures are still being totted so, up. Where are we now? Let's let's acknowledge. Can I just acknowledge right now that the AC is still counting. There's been huge amounts of pre-polling and postal votes, like 20 30% in some electorates, and they're only going to start counting postals tomorrow. So this could be wrong because there's a lot of seats that are very, very close. Hey, we're wrong all the time. Don't yeah. worry about it. Anthony Green <laughs> on the ABC is saying that the current AEC seat count is 72-72 Labor Liberal. That's if you include six seats right now that they say are too close uh, to call. Um, Green, I think, was predicting, this is last night that he was writing on Twitter, that the coalition would probably get 73 and he thought Labor would get 72. And then you've got Bob Catter, Wilkie, um, Xenophon team, the Greens, uh, all in the Parliament as well. Um, yesterday, what ABC Insiders is yesterday morning was calling was Coalition 70, Labor 67, Greens won those four independent, well, three independents and Zeno I just mentioned, and eight in doubt. So there could well be another independent that'll crop up through that process as well, but it's going to be, uh, uh, there's going to be a lot of counting basically. In the Senate, this is what uh, Insiders had yesterday morning. LNP on 30, that's a loss of three. Labor on 27, that's a loss of two. Uh, and then uh, three for Xenophon, two for Hanson, Darren Hinch, uh, the LDP, Lambie, uh, Fred Nile. Oh, Fred God, is he still alive? Yeah. I don't know whether it is actually Nile or it's his party. Uh, 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 and then oh. other. And then nine, nine Greens. Um, so... That's a pretty... That is a pretty remarkable... Like, there's a few things to take away from all this. Uh, Firstly... Um, I think you can definitively say that Malcolm Turnbull ran an appalling campaign. 
like objectively given given those results. Like I think you can read different stuff into it. But at the time, mm. people were kind of praising him for his less aggressive style of campaigning. Mm. Uh, do you think it's now just respectively they're saying it was an appalling campaign? I, I think there's a bit of that, but I've been reading accounts from people who were on the campaign trail saying he was only doing like one or two events a day. So I think right. if you remember like early on, I was commenting that it looked like Turnbull seemed much more comfortable in the campaign trail. And, uh, sorry, Shorten seemed much more comfortable in the campaign trail. Mm. Uh, I think from Liberal Party insiders, they're now saying as well that they really took their foot off the accelerator and that was a massive mistake. Uh, it seems clear that their policies didn't resonate, so the corporate tax cut didn't cut through. It wasn't getting very much positive coverage and they didn't really have much more of an agenda mm. beyond that, apart from super changes that now look like they will not be able to get through that the Liberal Party. So there are now there's now substantial talk from within the Liberal Party that these are the superannuation changes that mainly have an impact on people on higher incomes, etc. That restrict uh, that are also retrospective, and the Libs hate them. Basically, a lot of the Lib base hates them and do not want them to go through. So they probably won't go through now, given his margin's going to mm. be so fine. He's going to need absolutely everyone in the house. So the Turnbull justification for the double dissolution was that he was mm -hmm. going to introduce stability and clean out the Senate. So uh, that didn't really happen. The people voted against stability and they have voted for one of the weirdest Senates in Australia's history because whoever wins this, how the hell are you going to negotiate with that Senate? Mm. Nine Greens, three Zeno, two Hanson, Hinch, Lambie, Nile. Like, I, they're not even going to be able to agree on a time to start the thing. You know? yeah. <laughs> like, they're all going to... Like, oh, to, far to, out. to the extent that... I mean, it, it did cross my mind when I was watching this, who would actually want to form government under these conditions, conditions might yeah. it not be better to have another know, election well, well you know but i mean surely for shorten to think well maybe okay we won't be able to form government but i don't we reckon shorten wants i don't reckon shorten will want to hug this band of nails yeah. um look uh i i it is hard to see until we've got a bit more clarity as to the exact numbers, who or how you could proceed and kind of actually run a functioning government for an extended period of time without burning all your political capital. My instinct is that if I were in Bill Shorten's team, I would want Turnbull to form government yeah. and let Turnbull try to run the plebiscite. Or, or, for example, insist on the plebiscite not happening and putting gay marriage through a vote in the parliament. Because either way, if a plebiscite happens, it'll be bloody and awful for Turnbull. He will burn whatever political capital he has left because he will be fighting the right of his party. Mm -hmm. And all these people in the Senate are going to be campaigning against it, like a lot of these people. So you, it's going to be horrible, horrible mess. Mm. Or you force it to a vote in the parliament and get it through a vote in the parliament, which completely undermines his policy and his suggestion that you have a plebiscite. So that would mean that Labor would automatically kind of get a, a policy win and Shorten will be aiming for the next election and he'll figure that we'll be going to an election soon as uh, well. Well, that's what I wanted to ask you. So under what circumstances <coughs> right now would we be going back to the polls? What would have to happen? Just no one be able to form yeah, a government? Yeah, That's absolutely. It. If no one can form a government, if basically if no one can go to the Governor-General and say, I have the numbers in mm. the House and can form a government. So this is why when they talk about signed agreements, and this is all of a sudden all those bullshit... I beg your pardon. All those BS promises they've been making, <laughs> saying, I'll never form an agreement with the Greens or I won't sign anything yeah. with the... Well, all of a sudden, buddy, you're looking pretty silly now, aren't you? Like, they, they will have to. Um, I don't know who would... You know, whether they... Zeno will probably negotiate and will probably come to the table in a variety of ways because I think, like, he's a professional 
political player and he, he recognises this is his time to shine and his time to have influence. So I think Zeno will do any, everything he can to um, ensure the government sustains itself. But if no-one could form but an agreement, then we'll be going back to the polls. having this diversity and stuff in the Senate, I see it as a good thing. Mm. Oh, I, I like I like it in some ways, except the individuals who are in that Senate, several of them are just really bad people. So Darren Hinch <laughs> has repeatedly <laughs> yeah. Darren Hinch has repeatedly been charged since the eighties with being in contempt of court for naming and identifying sex offenders and pedophiles. And look, you know, obviously not a particularly uh, a group that are regarded affectionately in the community, to say the least. I know a lot of people loathe them, understandably, right? But that's he can use Parliament... Uh, basically, he now has a job where he can... It is the only job in the country where you can say whatever you want from the House to the Parliament and not be charged. So he can use his position as a senator to, for example, name and identify people and undermine the courts. He can actually do substantial damage. Mm. Whether he will or not remains to be seen. But mm. historically, he's gone to jail repeatedly for, for doing those kinds of things. Pauline, we know what Pauline wants, but she's going to... Fish and chips. Uh, she loves her fish and chips, but she doesn't love her halal snack packs. That was my favourite moment of the election coverage, by the way. Watch that little video of Sam Dastiari oh. on 7's coverage. By the way, it's interesting to note Channel 7 had the Tower of Power. This is how they worked out who was in the lead. Whereas Channel 9 had the Crusher. Whereas an MP was defeated, they would be crushed with a little weird graphic. And you felt a little bad for them. You're like, they just lost like their job, mate. I don't want anyone to be crushed. But stop talking about them being crushed. We were um, quoting Andrew Bolt before who wrote a very angry piece <laughs> addressed to Malcolm Turnbull, but essentially saying, okay, you shafted Abbott on the basis mm-hmm. that you would guarantee an election win and Abbott wouldn't. Uh, Bolt's kind of got a point about that, hasn't he? I mean, he is, absolutely is, does. Is, is Turnbull history now? This is the fundamental problem with challenging someone on the basis of polls and on the basis of obtaining power. Like Turnbull's original challenge, and I've got to say it, it wasn't really scrutinised enough at the time, was fundamentally mercurial. His challenge was, you remember the famous quote from the Gillard Rudd thing where there was that meeting they had and they ostensibly had an agreement. She left the room and came back in and said, I've been told I have the numbers and you don't, so I'm going to challenge challenge that reflected very poorly on her when that quote emerged and in the same way Turnbull's just done it he did it in public um he didn't challenge on policy grounds because I think when Abbott originally overthrew him on the carbon tax people kind of understood it they were like well fair enough a lot of the party doesn't agree like whatever you think of Tony Abbott that's fair enough whereas Turnbull now the problem with challenging on the basis of popularity is the second you become unpopular you don't have any any bullets left to shoot back at your opponents and uh, Bolt is is right. Bolt is fundamentally it's not right. a sentence you'd often hear on this program. No, absolutely <laughs> not. But but credit where credit's due. Um, uh, like, it was a bit of a cry-wank piece, but uh, nonetheless... <laughs> it was. It was. Look, yeah. you know, but nonetheless, um, he... There was... He was quite right. Turnbull has not run a good campaign and he has, in the eyes of conservatives, undermined a lot of conservative values. So and who are the possible... Contenders. Not Morrow. I'm Scott sorry. Morrow? It's probably oh, Morrow. God. Well, it, it, it will be, <laughs> I know, it will be, Abbott will think he's got a chance to come back, but I think people have formed their view on Abbott. But then again, you know, everyone's There's been wrong about these things. Him. There are, but he, he is so loathed in the community and I, I don't think people will change their minds on him. No. I think it would probably be ScoMo or possibly Julie Bishop. 
um, of the people in that front bench that you can see kind of rise to the occasion. Bishop <coughs> seems to make sense in that she does. She, oh, people have come around to her. I feel like she ran a really good election campaign, probably stronger than Turnbull's, and I yeah. feel like the public have warmed to her. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. My my instinct with Bishop would be that she may. I think she's great. I think she's a very very good performer as a minister. I wonder how she'd go as prime minister. Just yeah. um, you may recall she was the opposition treasury spokesperson for a short period and then had a bad series of weeks where she just repeatedly stuffed up and uh, yeah. was dropped quite quickly. Mm. So whether, but she may have changed, she may have grown. I, 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 don't, I don't have a problem with um, uh, Jay Bish. I, I have a problem with ScoMo. I've just always remembered in 2011 when he suggested we should not pay for the funerals of people who had drowned offshore. Remember the people who oh drowned in Christmas God. Island? It's just worth remembering that. Anyway, uh, so Scott Morrison <laughs> could be our next Prime Minister, but at, at, for now, who knows? And, and I've got to say, I know we're kind of running out of time, it is true in much of the Western world. Trump is still in the ascendancy in the United States. Hillary Clinton was interviewed for three hours by the FBI two days ago um, yeah. over her, her server, the server scandal. She's still ahead of Trump in the polls, but who knows? Uh, and in the UK, Boris Johnson, who kind of led the Leave campaign, dropped out of the race a couple of days ago to be replaced by who knows? So interesting times. Lucky we've got you coming in each week to talk about it. Toby Halligan, we'll see you in a week's time. It was a pleasure. Hey guys, so you know when I went away on the weekend... No, on the week. We had off a whole week. I went to the country and uh, it's mushroom season at the moment. And I mean the mushrooms you eat, not the other kind, Mm. not not that of the magic variety. Yes. Uh, And do you guys eat mushrooms or go mushroom hunting or pick mushrooms? I've eaten mushrooms in my time. Have you picked them? No. Tasmania was full of mushrooms, but I... Didn't really know what to do with them or which ones are poisonous or which ones... So this is a problem that we face too because the property that we're saying on, there's so many mushrooms. There's the like bright red toadstool things which are clearly <laughs> you're not <laughs> going to eat but they're quite wonderful looking um, and uh, like I'm concerned. I've been told like the magic mushrooms are smaller ones. I don't... I'm not... It's not my thing. Um, so I don't really know. Like I'm... I didn't know this mushroom picking was a thing. Yeah, like you yeah, mushroom season and then people go and pick mushrooms. But the problem is... Maybe it's more of a European thing. Oh, maybe. maybe, maybe it no, is. No, no, no. I think there's people in I've mm. come up with like subreddits on people going mushroom picking. Hey guys, go mushroom yeah, picking. Yeah, my dad used to go mushroom picking. Like yeah. he'd get our bucket and he'd go mushroom picking at various stages. But he knew how to identify what you could eat and what you couldn't eat as well. And there's apparently like real similarities between like the, these death cap mushrooms and some other really edible ones. So <laughs> right. I was just like, I'm going to venture to say the death cap ones are the bad ones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Fully edible. No, uh, definitely not. Um, yeah, they're the bad ones, but I don't even know what they look like. So we were kind of thinking it'd be fun to go mushroom picking, but then we decided not to. And um, But not- tell me, what's what's fun about mushroom picking? I just thought the idea that you're like getting your own food. It's like when right, you grow okay. your own vegetables in your garden, but this way you're actually just going into nature and there's the mushrooms. Like there, going so, fishing. Yeah, like going fishing. You know, you feel like you're being sustainable. Maybe they're... 
you know, like how if you grow your own tomatoes or someone gives you tomatoes, they always taste better than yeah, the ones. Yeah, totally. Probably the mushrooms that you find at a tree, maybe it tastes better than the ones you find. I'd imagine so, I yeah. didn't start eating mushrooms until I was in my 30s, I think. Well, I didn't love mushrooms as a kid because dad did go mushroom picking a lot. Uh, mm. And that mum used to cook them up in this white sauce room and the smell of it, like, used to make me really sick as a child. Mm. Um, but he always really prided himself on like his ability to pick the right mushroom, which you'd want to be doing if you were going to be feeding your family the mushrooms. However, once the local priest uh, who lived around the corner from us dropped around a bucket of mushrooms for mum to make fast for and she just like was like great thanks like you obviously know never what you're say doing. no never say no it's a priest yeah. uh, and he obviously knew what he was doing because you know you don't go mushroom picking unless you know what you're doing you would assume if you can give it to someone else totally if you can give it to a whole yeah. family of children and stuff and she washed all the mushrooms or whatever and cooked them for dad but we like being the kids that we were, were like no we're not eating mushrooms like and not and then cook, get cooked them for dad that night and then I remember about an hour after Dad ate the mushrooms, he literally went like white <gasps> and broke out in this sweat and he's like, get, leave, leave the lounge room, leave the lounge room. We're like, what is going on? And he's like, oh, hey, I could hear him saying to mum, did you check the mushrooms? And she's like, yeah. And he's like, something, something was wrong with them. And he then went into his bedroom for 24 hours and didn't come out again. What? Yeah, and he was like, yeah. I, I like your dad so much. <laughs> so, and all we could hear occasionally was like, oh, or like, calling out my mum's name. And we're like, what is wrong? But I actually think... Surely he would have gone to hospital if he'd been poisoned. Like maybe there was a magic mushroom in there and he was actually just hallucinating for like 24 hours or something. Oh, yeah, that sounds because feasible. Because 24 hours in his bedroom, but it wasn't like he, we couldn't hear him vomiting. It was just like, and things like this. <laughs> fantastic priest. No, don't go, don't go. <laughs> Your dad took magic. <laughs> I don't know. To this day, none of us know what. Like, what just, was... Did he say anything afterwards? He just, no, he was very angry at mum, though. Like, I remember him being like, like, did you check the mushrooms? She's like, yeah, like, we got them from the priests, so why wouldn't there be a problem with it? Like, why would there be a problem what? with it? And did, <laughs> and did anyone say anything to the priest? I don't know. I don't like Which is he just going around the parish? I was giving him these like magic yeah. mushrooms to everyone. Oh, can you, <laughs> you go have back a bucket to... of magic mushrooms? I just love the, the like the thought of your dad just all of a sudden like probably sitting there and looked at his children who then turned into donkeys. You know? And he's just gone. <laughs> Everybody get out. Everyone <laughs> get leave. Out. Leave. <laughs> um, and he was a, he was a super straight man. So like I just find it really funny. I and don't. After, to this day, I don't know. After this, you <sighs> want to go <laughs> mushroom. Picking. You know, <laughs> what a, it's why I'm particularly cautious <laughs> and I don't go mushroom picking. But yeah. What a wonderful mystery. Yeah. <laughs> Jella Love Bites is a show that's on at the Butterfly Club starting next week and running to the 17th of July. Raylene Isbesta is the writer and performer behind it. She's joining us in the studio right now. How are you going, Raylene? I'm going really well, thank you. This show's a tribute to Nigella Lawson, the domestic goddess, I guess you've got to say say that. What <laughs> attracted you to do a show on her? Are you a foodie? No, just um, look at her. I know. I was going to say, can we just make it clear to everyone who can't see her that she looks quite a bit like Nigella Lawson? <laughs> Yes, I've had a few people um, comment on that. <laughs> and I certainly have taken that compliment. <laughs> <laughs> 
Is that what started it though? You just kind of went, well, I look, I look like her. I can see where that goes. Or did you, you a fan of Nigella? I am a fan of Nigella's. Um, it did start though with somebody, uh, actually a few people commenting saying, you know what, you look a lot like um, Nigella, Nigella Lawson. And I've gone, oh, do I? Okay, great. Um, and then I just kind of thought, okay, well, I'll see where that goes. And um, I thought, oh, everyone seems to love her. Mm. When you ask her, <laughs> when you, you mentioned Nigella Lawson, they go, oh, I love her. And I thought, oh, it's why much better is that? than looking like someone everyone hates. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I thought, but do you, I mean, I. Do you cook in the show? Is cooking something that's important to you? Um, well, for me personally, I'm a terrible cook. <laughs> like my friends will attest to the fact that I, you do not want to come over when I'm cooking. You fit in really well here then because yeah. none of us can cook as well. <laughs> it's been well established. <laughs> <laughs> but during the show there is some um, suggested cooking. Um, I guess you could say we, we can't actually cook on stage. Um, but, yes, there is a chocolate cake that does get created throughout the performance. Uh, <laughs> so, not, and Idella is super famous for her kind of... I don't know. I don't know how to put some put more butter on some, it. Oh no, no, just like sultry. That is definitely not how she's. <laughs> <laughs> she's got like this really well clipped English accent. But, um, Cockney flower yeah. seller. <laughs> um, so yeah, but like this kind of like sultry way that she cooks, like it's really subtle and stuff. Mm. But you know, she'll lick a spoon a little bit mm. slowly, or she'll you know stir a pot in a certain mm. way. How do you, um, I suppose, pay homage to that without taking the piss out of it as well? Well, it the. One thing I found by, um, I guess, putting on Nigella's um, character yeah. um, is that she just finds everything so pleasurable. She does. Um, and so everything is just oh, delicious to her. So stirring is oh, so exquisite. <laughs> she just gets so much pleasure out of every single action she does in the kitchen. And I actually um, decided to go to um, the grocery store and thought, oh, just start shopping as Nigella. And I couldn't wipe the little grin, the little smirk off my face because she just enjoys everything. She's like, hmm, this is great. This is great. It's like a little secret that she's got going on. Um, yeah. So I just kind of add that into like every that. little yeah. element of it. Can, can you maybe then explain um, what exactly the show is? Because there's music involved in it as well, yeah? So it's a cabaret? Mm, it's a cabaret. So um, uh, my composer and I, we sat down, um, and our d- director as well. Um, so Simon and Shannon and I sat down and we um, worked out uh, all the different things that you kind of know about Nigella. So, uh, you know, she's recently been in and out of um, the press with some, a court case that she's involved in, the breakdown of her marriage. Mm. We touch on that slightly and also her TV persona as, um, as opposed to what she could possibly be behind um, ah. behind the camera. So we kind of touch on bits and pieces of that and the different idea of uh, this is the image of Nigella that you all see and then this is what she's like at home. Um, is and there a big difference to uh, that you have in your show? In our show, yes. We've taken a little bit of licence with that. It. Um, and so the songs are comical. It's all very light-hearted. Um, and so, yeah, so there's a lot of songs. There's about nine songs throughout the piece. Oh, wow. Are they all food-related or are they kind of more to do with her life? A lot of them are food-related or have some food um, aspect to it or reference to a food analogy in some in some aspect. And uh, this all started, um, you won Short and Sweet. Yes. Can you tell me, cause this, I, what is Short this and Sweet? 
Oh, yeah, can you answer that? Uh, Short and <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> Sweet is a festival that's run, um, was run annually um, and it stopped for a little while and then it started again this year. Because when um, did it stop? Because I remember it from years ago. Yeah, in Melbourne I think it was 2013 was the last one yeah. and then it got re-established this year mm-hmm. and so um, there's all different elements to it. There's an acting side of it um, and also um, musical pieces. So basically you prepare a 10-minute slot of um, a cabaret or... Uh, a, a play and then you put it in it there it's in like um a competition scenario and then you go through heats and you get to the finals and whoever wins um the best one and there's all these prices um so i end up putting it in as a 10 minute cabaret um to see you know how nigella would go um we end up winning best cabaret and i won best performer at the did well. you when you originally started with that 10 minutes did mm. you have a concept of what it was going to be by the end or you just went i'll just do i've just got 10 minutes or I'll, I'll just do that i basically just kind of put together 10 minutes and thought okay let's see how the character flies yeah right. um, and see you know whether that people like it um did you freak out when you won yeah i did a bit <laughs> <laughs> and then people said oh my god when's the rest of the show coming i want to see the rest of the, i want to see what happens mm-hmm. so um um from that i won the season at the butterfly club so uh, hence here we are now doing the show. Would you mind doing a little bit of her voice for us? Just because I, I was wanting to hear what, it, sure. if it's not a Cockney accent, just, what is it? Yeah, no, <laughs> just let me close my eyes and Could go. you just say a little, sure. yeah. Mm. I often find that after coming home, after a stressful day that has not turned out quite as one as expected, a welcome relief can often be found in one of my ultimate indulgences. My dark and sumptuous chocolate cake. That is amazing. (laughs) Wow. And sumptuous, the way you said that as well. That's phenomenal. Oh, she's very delicious. Put some more butter on it. That's what you like when she goes. She goes the other side, Nigella. When she goes home. I'm doing Nigella at home. When, when she goes home, that's right. Are you worried? I mean, the people coming. Do you think they'll mostly be Nigella fans? And are you sort of worried that they're kind of going to be protective about what you say and what you don't say about her? Well, I, funny you say that. I did actually mention to a few people that obviously that I'm doing the show, and a couple of them went, "Oh, well, I hope you're not taking the piss out of her," because um, people tend to do that um, on TV and. And there's numerous things going around on the internet, um, but I am actually really protective of her because I think she. The reason why I wanted to do a cabaret about her is the fact that she's a strong female role model to a lot of people, and I actually am, am really attracted to that mm. uh, about her and the mm. fact that she is such an amazing woman. Um, so I'd like to think that it's a bit of a homage to her. Um, and it's out of respect to her that I'm kind of doing it and I hope that she sees it as, as you know, she's flattered by the fact that someone's taken the time. Imagine if she can. Yeah, does, does she know you do? Have you, have you well, let you her know? Well, you get permission. Uh, well, I haven't uh-huh. contacted her about it. Um, uh, so I don't know if she's found out about it through <laughs> social media or anything, but um, I'd be so flattered if she wanted to go well, and see it. if you're it. listening to Jella Lawson, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> give us a call. <laughs> Yeah. So, okay, so you're starting um, in a week's time. So what's that, the 12th and then, uh, what, five days? Is that right? That's right, six performances. So it starts on um, next Tuesday the 12th and goes through to um, Sunday the 17th and it's at 8.30 every night. Okay. At the Someone Butterfly Club, which is one of the best venues. Mm. Can I just the, say the phone's, the phone's lighting up and I just like 
want to know if it's Nigella. But anyway, continue. Let's <laughs> <laughs> say the chances are pretty good that it's not actually. I'm sure it's someone just calling no. up going, put some more butter on it. <laughs> it's, it's probably Jamie Oliver. <laughs> the show right. is Nigella Love Bites. It's on at the Butterfly Club, as we said, from Tuesday the 12th. We've been talking to its creator, Raylene Isbesta. Thanks so much for coming. Thank you so much, guys. you are listening to. <laughs> well, it sounded like you were about to talk. No, I was just worried that you weren't because you were scrolling on your phone. My mum just sent maybe, me oh. My mum just sent me a text message. What did it say? Happy birthday. Aww. Love from mum and dad. But I think she said mum and Jim. Uh, anyway, which is nice. I'll be honest, um, birthdays, uh, I'm, I'm not always a, a big... Depressing. F- yeah. yeah. It's, 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 it's a very anxious day especially when because quite often i don't know whether to tell people it's my birthday or not do you know like it's that you were pretty clear about it all week with us (laughs) yeah yeah but but i know you yeah (laughs) true uh you know when you just come across people like in your every day ah yeah yeah like Like, it's like coming in this morning like for example coming this morning um and china was doing the the graveyard and we had previously not met before but i was kind of walking in and for her it's just another day and she's got no idea but i just you know for me it's like i just do i say it's my birthday today did you no no because you sound but you did tell simone and, I told Simone. And, and also everyone on the air. So yes, yeah. <laughs> but I feel like it, that's okay, you know, but it's a, that one-on-one thing. You can't really go, it's my birthday today. No, I know what you mean. Particularly if you have some kind of extended conversation with someone and they're like, what's up, what's going on? You're like, not mm. much. It's you think, I should go, it's my birthday. That's something. Just, Can I just um, say those passion fruit and fizzy sherbet double troubles yes. that you have as part of your birthday celebration? Yes. They taste very good at first. And then you don't like them? No, now I feel a bit sick. Okay. Well, you are eating lollies at, at eight forty-five, uh, nine in the morning. Yes. So, uh, the downside of birthdays. <laughs> uh, but previously on on birthdays, I'll, I'll be honest, I haven't had a, a great history of getting gifts on on my birthday and stuff. Um, oh, do you mean that people don't give you gifts or they give you bad gifts? A little bit of colour A little bit of colour oh, B Are you going to call them all out now <laughs> In the next 10 minutes? No, it's just my mum um. <laughs> which, which do you think is worse? Um, to no. not be given a gift mm. Or to be given a gift And then have to pretend that you like it? Uh, well, I never pretended I, Like, Do you know, honestly Once I got, I got corn on the cob What? What do you mean? Like a piece of corn on the cob? Yeah, how, yeah how wrapped, up, wrapped up Wrapped up uh, I, I was quite maybe ten or something like that, but I, I like it's a present wrapped up and yeah. like here you go, here's your present. And yeah, and I started to unwrap it, and I thought like I saw like the husk <laughs> of the corn. Yeah, born in nineteen twenty two. 
No, no, no. I just have like people that don't know how to give gifts in my family, right? So it was like this. Uh, I saw like the the husk of the corn. I thought, oh, it's like a grass skirt, and I've got like a a, a doll. Skirt. Yeah. Or I thought it was part of you know oh, the skirt of yeah. a doll, and I'm like, oh, this is really cool. And I opened it up. I was like, is this corn? And my sister was like, we. <laughs> She said you really liked corn. And I'm like, yeah, I said, I like it like, to have for dinner. I don't want it for my birthday. So like a cooked corn on the cob, like ready to eat? No, like. no, I wasn't ready to eat. It was still, it was just straight from the, the from the fruit and veg and wrapped up. That is terrible. Isn't it? like my sister. Uh, she's maybe six years older. Are you sure she, she wasn't A 16-year-old gave you a, cor- a piece of corn on yeah. the cob. That is horrible. sure she wasn't messy with your mind? Yeah, I, no, I think she was taking the piss. Uh, but also there was another year where I, I swear my, um, I don't think mum remembered it was my birthday uh, and I came... Because I was, because my birthdays would always fall in school holidays, and I think that's why I felt like I, I kind of missed out a bit. I was always jealous of people oh. that would have their birthdays. They don't get the attention at, at school. school. Yeah. yeah, so everyone would know. So it's that, you know, I'd have to tell people it's my birthday, and people wouldn't, you know. But it was one day where I had to come out to mum. It's just like I had nothing on that day, and I was just like, well, I said to mum, um, do, do I get a um a, a birthday cake or anything? And she went, oh, oh, yes, of course, and kind of gets up out of the lounge room where she'd been watching Days of Our Lives and goes into the kitchen and then comes out like 10 minutes later with this half-eaten chocolate cake <coughs> that I had baked like a couple of days before oh and stuck God, a couple of candles no. in it and went, there you go, this happy birthday. This is like birthday. a Harry oh Potter. It's like kept in a cupboard <laughs> under the stairs. <laughs> Geraldine, you're a wizard. Yeah. Uh, oh, so devastating. But I've since made up for it. I'm having. Uh, I've already. I woke up this morning and my housemate Celia had already left a, a very large package in the bathroom. I, I don't know why she left it in the bathroom. Probably because she knew that that's where I would you definitely see, see it. it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so I got um, some really sick Lego. I love Lego. So I think that's now that people. It's very easy to buy presents for me. And, excuse me, what other present did you get yeah, this morning? Sorry, and a box of wine. A box of wine. <laughs> and yes. some lollies. Yes. Uh, had, had we known, we would have made the effort to get you some corn on the cob, though. Yes, <laughs> well. Uh, so, but I wanted to, you know, I'm having a great birthday. And on Saturday, I had planned on going to uh, Luna Park for my birthday. And, Sarah, you didn't think that was a good idea? Cause no, it's, it's the middle of winter in St yeah. Kilda. On school holidays, everything about Luna Park right now would be horrific. But I just want to go on the on the pirate ship yeah, in the in the pouring vertical rain in but eleven I don't think degree it's weather. Rain that much? You don't think so? Okay. Anyway, I want listeners know. to give us a call now nine three double eight one zero two seven. What's better than going to Luna Park for my thirty seventh birthday? Oh, I don't know. Maybe going to the movies. No. I'm going to the movies tonight. Oh, yeah, you are, right? I'm going to go to the movies tonight. I'm going to go see the BFJ. I'm very excited. What about going to Wobby's World? Where's that? I know, it's closed. We decided that Wobby's World was closed. Which is the one that's not closed. Oh, Caribbean Gardens. No, Caribbean. Oh, yeah, that's open. You go to Caribbean Gardens. Where's some of the undercover? Well, what? Is there there a pirate ship undercover? No. And let's be fair, Luna Park probably would be more interesting, I think, than that, to tell you the truth. See, but even if it does start raining heaps, then I can just go to the pub. Yeah, go to the ESPY and have a few beers. Is the ESPY still open? Yeah. I don't even know. Especially there's other pubs in St Kilda. Um, do you celebrate your birthday, Jeff? I feel like you wouldn't. Um, 
Nobody cares about my birthday, clearly. Oh, no, they, there we go. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> I just want to see if Jeff celebrated his birthday. <laughs> no, no. You do? Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, oh no, no. We oh, they had some no. ideas, but... Um, call back. Now, now call back. There was a few people... I just missed... Sorry, I just missed a call. That's all right. That's not, it wasn't very smooth When is your me. birthday? Uh, it's later in the year. Yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll remember it when it happens. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, it's all right. Look, they're calling oh, looking back. forward to them. Nice uh, ear of corn. <laughs> Hello, you're on, you're on Triple R. How are you going? Hi there. Hi there. Geraldine. Yes. You have to go to Luna Park. Thank you. Ah. I think I will. You have to. We went about two weeks ago and it's just fun just walking around looking at all of the, the you know, like the antiquity of the place and also you pick up the smells from your childhood. Like the dodging cars have still got yeah. that same smell of burnt electricity. <laughs> 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 I reckon I'm going to do it. Just a couple of... Yeah, I'm going to, got to was, do it. Is it not kind of depressing in the winter rain? No, no, it's fun because you've got all these little spots that you get out of the rain in and it's just great watching all the kids having lots of fun and it's really, really good fun and you can always go across the ESPY for a drink if you do feel a bit, you know. Yeah, yeah. it's a bit much. <laughs> That's true. All right, well, I'll take, I'll take your word for it. Maybe we're on Team Luna Park. Yeah. Thank you very much for that suggestion. Thank you. Enjoy it. Bye. Thank you. Hello, you're on Jabala. Oh, hi. Oh, g'day. <laughs> what should Geraldine do for her birthday? I don't know, but it's my birthday too, Geraldine. <gasps> yes, yeah. happy birthday. What are you doing? Uh, I'm going to work. Oh, oh that's well, all right, me go. too. I'm already at work. <laughs> no, I'm just on my way. On, yeah. Um, I am having a good my family and then I might go to the part two on Saturday. Well, do it. Let's do it. see each other there. You, you can have, have a joint park. birthday, a joint birthday party. I'll see you on the pirate ship. Okay, no worries. Rupert. What was your name, sorry? Mary. Happy yeah. birthday, Happy Mary. Birthday, Mary. So, thank you. Bye. <laughs> Oh, that was nice. I love when you maybe, find out. Maybe there's the, a listener that works at Luna Park. He could give you free rides <laughs> all day. That's all this is about, isn't it? <laughs> How many are you going to go with a big group? No, oh, I should maybe I'll tell people. You well, know, you if a big group wants big group. to come, yeah, they're all listening. Yeah. They're all going to be there. Oh yeah. yeah, that's weird, isn't it? Just be, and also maybe I would. I'm tempted. Uh, one thing I want to do is get on. Um, and film myself on rides. That'll oh. be fun. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. I did once go to a, a theme park in, in the UK where I was sending videos back home so saying while I was on, on oh, the ride. Oh, I think you showed me fun. that. Yeah. 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 Hello, you're on Triple R. Happy birthday to me. <laughs> Happy birthday to me. Happy birthday, dear Geraldine. Happy birthday to you. <laughs> hip, hip. Hooray. Oh, I'm so happy Hooray. someone did that. I feel like she was just doing this. So someone was ringing. It's ringing. Oh, she's gone. <laughs> Sing happy yeah, birthday. Job's done. Job's That's done. Right. I'm out of here. Oh, that made that all worth it, I think, anyway. Oh, do you want one more yeah, suggestion? Yes, of course right. I do. Oh, there's like yes. thousands of people calling yeah, during now. Yeah, great, I love it. I, I can't cope with all these calls. <laughs> yeah, you can. You're doing a great job. All right. Hi, you're on Triple R. Oh, hello. Um, good morning and uh, happy birthday, Geraldine. Thanks very much. Uh, also, my birthday on Saturday. Oh, oh, great. Do you, you going to, to Luna Park too? Uh, no, no. I'm coming down to see King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. Oh, I'm going to King Gizzard. When are you going? Uh, Saturday. Oh, I'm going uh, Friday night. Oh, well. Yeah, it's my birthday. Saturday, so, you know. Oh, it makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah, you don't have to schedule your birthday around me. <laughs> expecting uh, any big presents? Uh, well, uh, I don't think so. Uh, my mum gave me some thermals. 
Oh, oh that's candy. <laughs> it's better than corn. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's much better. <laughs> oh, all right. Oh, oh, at least you'll be nice and warm. Um, we would just have to go out to eat somewhere. That'll be the next decision, but um, oh well, we'll work that out. You'll get there. You can uh, wear your thermals to Kingies, maybe, and see how warm right. you get. Yeah. I think it'll be too hot. Yeah, yeah. true. All right. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Thanks for the call. Happy Bye. birthday for Saturday. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, all these people whose birthdays is it's so nice. Yeah. Happy yeah. birthday to everyone else who's celebrating birthdays. Can I just birthday ask you, are Jeff well? and I allowed to do this? Yeah. When our birthdays come? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, for sure. All right, we're going to do this for you, Jeff. It'll make you really comfortable, won't it? Yeah, Yeah, good. (laughs) This has been a podcast from 3RRR, 102.7 FM in Melbourne. Truly independent community radio. Want to hear more? Check out our website at rrr.org.au.